welcome everyone to another week with your host, Mordechai Weinberger and Harav Nissen. What an honor and what a schuss it is to have this program going. We would like to have people call up, and the number is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And if we can have you call and share your text or your questions, we would appreciate it. Rav Nissen, what is the text number for people to call up and ask? Okay, 347-927-8398, 347-927-8398. And I just want to add, we have, uh, you know, unfortunately we have so many uh, callers and listeners to the uh, phone lines. We add a, an extra phone line to listening, and the number is uh, 720-787-1046. 720-787-1046. This is additional numbers to the existing numbers that we have beside the website and the app. So, okay, we have uh, already some uh, text. I just, uh, let me just transfer it to you. Sure. Uh, and I know that uh, we spoke, I spoke yesterday in my show about the proportion of life and what it's all about. And I just, uh, okay, I think that you also can add to this about what sometimes we're looking about the small stuff and we don't understand how big the picture and how is Akadosh Baruch is so full of mercy on us and looking that, you know, looking around us and saying, Baruch Hashem, we are here and everything is good. So let's go ahead and take the question that is that you've just sent me. And the, num- the question is as follows. Dear Rabbi Weinberger and Harav Nissen, thank you so much for all your fabulous programs. There's like six exclamation marks. I can't wait for your stress to inner peace workshop. I've been waiting for it all year. And let's just stop here a second before we take the question. I'd like to thank you for that. Because Baruch Hashem, we are doing the workshop, and people are signing up. And really tonight or tomorrow is really the last day to get the introductory price offer where it's $20 left if we sign up um, the, a week earlier, which is coming up, which tomorrow is really the last day. And along those lines, I'd like to share one concept because I'm reviewing it. I edited it out. We spent a lot of time and effort and finances on editing it, making sure everything is clear and the way it should be. And every time, you know, when you do something what you take something out. I find that a lot of people, when we learn Kahelas, everyone takes something out of it. And the last couple of months, I've been talking about it a lot, but I've been editing this program quite in a while in advance, and that's the concept of needs versus wants. And the concept of needs versus wants is something that creates a huge amount of stress within ourselves. And that stress, unfortunately, if people live with this needs versus wants, then it does develop into anxiety. I don't want to say this is the only reason, but this is one of the reasons. And the concept of the needs versus wants is as follows. We all have wants. We all want more. We all want a better marriage. We all want more nachas from our children. We all want to be more from and to be more erloch. We all want to have more finances. We all want to get more. I should say, oh, most of us want to be together with our family. We want to enjoy life. These are wants that we have. Then there are needs. There are basic physical needs that we need. We need to be a yid. 
We need to have one meal a day and a little bit something at the end. We need a roof over our shoulder. We need, let's say, a river to be able to wash our clothing or to bathe ourselves. Do we need to have a washing machine dryer? Absolutely not. For thousands of years, we don't have a washing machine and dryer. Do we need to have hot water running in our house? No, we don't. Those are wants because for thousands of years, there weren't hot water going through our places. Do we need to have a house with four bedrooms, five bedrooms, six, 18, 20, and whatever else we've got? No, we would like that. Do we need to have so much money that we could have trust funds for our great-great-grandchildren as if Hashem doesn't know how to take, how to show he runs the world and we lose it? Of course he can. Those are all wants. What happens is when we confuse our needs and our wants, we get into depression, we get into anxiety, and we start not appreciating what we have. So imagine someone, Baruch Hashem, has an apartment. They're paying rent. They have two kids in each room. They're comfortable, and all of a sudden their friend, their neighbor, buys a house, and now that house is double the size of the apartment, and right away, from being happy with what we have, that all our needs are met and beyond, we are now feeling we have nothing, because look at what they have. Now, I need, notice how the want turns into a need. I need to have a house, because he has a house, and if I don't have a house, then I'm nothing. And the more our needs become wants, we start not appreciating what we have, and we get caught up in the rat race. This isn't just you if you're listening. This is me, and this is the entire world. That's how Hashem created the world with a satan, that we want to grow, we want to see, and we see and we have the ability to grow. Animals don't have an ability to grow. A lion does not have, an, does not have a want because we know a lion sleeps something like 20 hours a day. They don't have a want to sleep 10 hours and accomplish more. They don't. We have that ability to grow, but the danger of that grows when we confuse needs and wants, and then when you start speaking to people, or when you, if we are lucky, if we learn from other stars the other way, not only when people have more, but when people have sometimes less or tragedies, then we can appreciate and say, Hashem, you've given me so much. So what I've heard from several G'daylam is the way you daven is as follows. Rabbi Yishlam, thank you for giving me far beyond what I need. Now, I have a whole list of wants. Do you notice how different your tefillah is? I know someone which has unfortunately lost a child, and I had to be the therapist to work on them, and it was very difficult. It was painful being that therapist. But what was interesting was they said they had a they have actually a big family. They say Hashem, what I learned to appreciate is really each and every child that I have, because every one of them is a gift from you, and you can take any one of them at any time. And all of a sudden, this person's needs changed from needing a certain level of parnasa, from needing a certain level of status, from needing a certain level house, from needing a certain seat in the base measures, from needing certain people to recognize them, to a very different need. It's Hashem, I would like you to please keep each of my kids alive and let me still appreciate what I have. Hashem, please let me, oh, let me recover from this pain. Let me feel life again. Hashem, please make sure that my child's neshama is up under the Kisei covenant. That's what has changed. 
So do we notice how needs and wants, this is one of the concepts, this is only one out of about 30 or 40 concepts. When we focus on needs versus wants, so much of our stress is based on that. Rubness, so what do you say to that? Yes, this is really the, the I would say, the, the major problem. And the expectation is also something that the expectation and uh, need coming together with expectation. And this is making uh, us on a very, very level of could be disappointing and stuff like this. But definitely, I tell you the truth that I, I am praying. Uh, when I pray, I say, first of all, thanks God for everything that I have and I don't have. Because he knows better than what I need, you know. And I see so many times we have stress. We have so much, you know, here the mortgage and the tuition and uh, the, you know, business. But, you know, in the end, to see the, 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 the right proportion. I spoke about it yesterday and, uh, and last week. You know, last week was the Holocaust Memorial Day in Israel, you know. The memorial yeah. for six millions, and I, I was uh, somehow, I would say, I don't like to say the word down, but I was a little bit, um, uh, with with a low uh, feeling, you know, and I I heard I heard the, the a, a shiur about in the radio about the, the what these people pass, and it's not two thousand years ago, and it's not five hundred years ago, it's seventy years ago. And just now, people that was on the top of the, you know, the pyramid and, and Germany and Poland and all these places, and suddenly they they doesn't have no, they don't have nothing, nothing at all, losing the family, losing losing everything, but the hope and the emuna and the chizuk that Hakadosh Baruch Hu watching them, the the story about a person that always was smiling and say, and not Milvador, nobody, uh, no one else beside him, and people asking, what are you laughing, what are you they said, I'm not, I'm not giving up. They pushed him into the chamber in Auschwitz, and he was singing, and people around him was crying. I said, what's wrong with you? I said. Ali you know, call out what do you call the as a sword, a sword, and on your neck, don't be mitiash, don't be give up. And he was, and suddenly somebody, German, couldn't close the door, pull him out, and close the door on them, and he survive. Wow! This, you know, stories that I, I'm telling you, I, 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 te- I when I hear, I tears in my eyes. I'm talking about it. See the proportion. We we cannot give up. You cannot give up with all uh, with all the difficulties that you think you imagine difficulty. Look what uh, we are in a generation. We don't understand what is missing. We don't understand what is. Or we don't have. Maybe the the children in in Syria right now or in Yemen can understand what is meaning. We don't have nothing except the, the body, but. I remember myself in Israel, you know, with, and I was considered as, as a rich family, my, my parents, that we didn't have so much. We didn't have the, the dryer and all this kind of thing. You know, it was time in Israel that doesn't matter you're rich or poor, you get an egg for a week for a family. You have a special uh, notebook with, you know, with the stamps and you could go to the supermarket, collect your, uh, collect your food. 
people don't, we, we are lucky, and I really pray to the Tegadosh Baruch Hu that we don't see it again. That our children, our grandchildren, everybody, no, nobody see it. But put it in the right proportion. What kind, what kind of life we have right now? You're talking about at water. You're talking about water at house. Talk about people don't have any water in the house. No, no house. This is something, and I, this is something that really put our in a, in a proportion. Look at life. People losing children, losing parents. You know, yeah, you know. Recently, where did the tragedy with Ozan Ozan family, losing a yeah. mother and their children. You know, I, I, name it. I don't just proportion. Put our life in the in the right direction. See how good what what good we have. Take a smile. Look at look at the mirror and said, "I'm here." Baruch Hashem. Thanks God, I'm here. We have everything. That's right. That's right. And that is a huge schus that there is to be able to do that and to appreciate that. And that's. What we know, again, not to get into too much of Farshim, but the beauty that Hashem is waiting. The reason why HaKadosh Baruch created this world is to make a creative world and to give to us, to Klal Yisrael, to give and for us to appreciate it. Instead of saying, oi, we don't have that much, oi, it's so painful. So even though this is a Yiddish Yisoyed, but this is a concept that they even use in psychology, needs versus wants. And the more we are focusing on what we need, what we need, what we need, what we need, the less we're going to feel we have, and the more down, the more anxious, and the more depressed we're going to feel. These are one of the main concepts that they have in the cognitive therapy that we're going to be mentioning. So this is now sort of the last opportunity to still sign up to the workshop for the introductory price, as well as to sign up, there's an, a limited amount of space how many we're going to have. So again, Baruch Hashem, people are signing up beautiful, and that's the way to do it. So we're really looking forward to getting your questions, your comments. Those who would like to sign up, the number is 201-691-7626, 201-691-7626. And just looking forward to getting the comp- uh, you're getting you signing up. Appreciate it. And, uh, and everyone always likes to get the deal much cheaper. And for those of you that have five or more people signing up, you could get it even cheaper than that. So let's go ahead and take now this person's question. Uh, we have we have online. Yeah. Uh, we have already uh, uh, quite a few callers. So, oh, let's go ahead okay, and take so some we'll of the go, callers. We'll go with. Uh, I know that uh, unfortunately <laughs> the text uh, bombing us, but we, as usual, you said uh, we prefer that the caller. So we're going to uh, Mrs. T as the first caller. Yes, hello, Mrs. T. Yes, hello? Yes, hello. Okay, um, I have a question regarding if I know someone who needs who needs help with their shalom bias, how do I tell her? How, how could I, like, help her realize that she needs it? I don't know. Is there anything that, like, could be done or, like, any... There is a tremendous amount that you could do. The question is how the response is going to be accepted. That means, let, let's take a classical example. There is someone that is a single older boy or a single older girl, whichever one it should be. What do you do? If you go over to them and you tell them, hi, how you doing, what's going on? Oh, you're treating me like Rahmanas? You don't go over to them. You see, no one comes over to me. They don't know how to deal with me. 
then you go over to them and you talk to them, and you don't mention to them, Meretz Badir, you know, by you or how's it going. You just talk regular. It's funny because you see people don't even read me Shadokim. They're not interested. You talk to them about Shadokim, and then they can take it personal. Oh, just because we're at a wedding, so now you have Rachmanus, now you're reading me a Shadokh, like you can't read me a Shadokh at any other time or speak to me any other time. So what you need to understand, and that's an important decision to everyone listening, is because we're dealing with humans and human interactions, each person will have a different response to what we do based on their history. And I'll even show it to you another site. Their response could even be based on the minute. That means 20 minutes before, someone could have given them a pep talk, go out to weddings, make sure people see you, and people are going to read you Shadokim, talk about it, tell them you're looking for Shadokim, and then you ask them, do you, you know, what are you looking for, and they'll be thrilled. And then maybe someone else just finished reading them five Shadokim that were so not my gear just because they're older people. So, okay, same age group, not looking if it matches, not looking if they're interested one to another. Or someone could have just, as you're saying, Yiddish Bavashin, like really rip them to pieces, saying you're an older single because you didn't try to do any better. It's all in your hands and it's your fault. And then all of a sudden you're reading them a Shadokh. And they're normally they were happy that you're reading them a Shadokh, but then you got them at that bad moment. And now they feel all hurt, and they can be so upset at you. Can you recognize that there's lots of ideas what you can tell? Your question is, how do you tell someone, and they'll accept it, and they'll appreciate it? That is very complicated. Is there anything to say about it or any tips? I would like you. How about we start going to you? Tell me about that couple. Okay, so he's going for help, and he, it's it's like this. Her father, the father-in-law in the picture, the Schwer, is sort of abusive, and it's, she grew up in a not such a functional home. Mm-hmm. And then now they're married, Baruch Hashem, with a child, and and he started going for help, how to deal with his, father-in-law then it ends yeah. it, now it ends up being that she is sort of becoming abusive she's saying abusive comments without herself or even realizing it she doesn't yeah, even want to normal. be that way and she's starting to say abusive comments because that's just the way she was brought up like she'll keep on like knocking him that's in. right so now i have a question to you why is this question to you and not to your husband not to the husband's therapist Because, because why um, is it your job? Why are you even getting involved? Baruch Hashem, I hear the situation's in the right path. The husband's going to the therapist. The husband will learn how to communicate. The husband will learn how to be more assertive, because that is really the answer. The answer is to get such a marriage stable is get the husband into therapy. And he will then say, sorry, these words are not acceptable. It's not how we speak. So, like, his family is just supposed to stand on the silence and just watch him watch him be like be abused like that? Really? No, the family's watching him learn the skills, go to a therapist and get skills. Right. But then they feel sort of helpless. Then they should also go to therapy. Oh. I hear. Do you understand why? Yes. Why? Because if they feel helpless and they don't find at least I hope I understand why 
Because if they no, feel no, helpless, that's right. what a process. No, I, I feel it's such an important question. I get this call. As I share with everyone, I have a therapist that I pay, that we pay our center pays him his regular therapy hour that he works to deal that when people call up, they want us to work on cases to make sure we don't get these type questions. So instead of someone coming and paying and then saying, sorry, we can't help you, they're easier and more relaxed. Mm-hmm. And they're aware or will send us to the right place. We cannot help this. And let's explain to you why or what you, we will explain what we can do. Right. So let's go, why would I say for the family, suggest for the family to go for therapy? To help them learn how to deal with with the situation that cropped up in the family. Good. What's the situation that you would say that cropped up? What is the situation? That a sibling or son is being abused and what, and you, could, you can't do anything else but watch on the sidelines that it's getting better or worse. That's right. That's right. That's step one. There's something further that you can do as a couple Mm -hmm. or as parents or as a sibling to learn how to encourage him. Let me share with you an example. Again, we're not blaming and we're not saying this is every case, but I would say more than many, almost most cases that we've seen, when someone's in a marriage where a husband or the wife is abusive, generally the parents don't know how to deal with it. And then the parents are getting emotional that they would either tell their son, tell her this and tell her that, and then the son isn't ready for that. We'll get to there in a minute because that's the main focus. And now the daughter-in-law and the son or whichever asking the therapist is going to say, you see, your parents are ruining the marriage. They're not letting you connect. And instead of dealing with the husband or the wife's issue that they're missing communication, they now have a enemy, a common enemy. Your parents are ruining our marriage. You see, your parents are talking negative about us. Now, when parents go for therapy and they see what's happening, they could tell the son in a nice way, son, Tyra, you can come to our house, but we have a difficulty because of the way your wife speaks to you. It hurts us. So how do we work it out that you come and we don't see this? This is your marriage. You need guidance. You need a rub. We can guide you or help you. We're not getting involved. And many times these parents could tell the kids, come to us after the Suda, but don't come for a Suda. Don't come for a whole Pesach or a whole Sukkot. We have that many times, vice versa, when some of the parents, unfortunately, are really not healthy. One of the parents aren't. But we want the kids to stay connected and the grandchildren should know the grandparents. So what they'll be open with their parents are saying, we can come for a pseudo. We'll come after the pseudo. Well, why don't you come for two hours? Because there's generally shouting and screaming going on at the pseudo. It's not something that we have in our house, not something we want our kids or grandchildren to see. But we're willing to come over and just be aware when the yelling and shouting starts, or sometimes it's even worse when it's cursing, we're just going to nicely just leave. Oh, now it's time to go, and we'll leave. Now, when parents are emotionally attached or when brothers or sisters, oh, I'm going to, my brother can't defend us, but I'm going to defend him now. And then what happens is you become the bad one. A, you don't teach your brother how to defend himself. B, they will now be blaming you. You know, we're not going to the parents because your sisters over there are fighting with me, and I don't want to go where they fight with me. And because they're trying to avoid, or he's trying to keep things as calm as possible, then what happens is now he even loses the connection to his parents or to his sisters because they just try defending him by doing it the wrong way. The right way to help such a brother is to always give him chizik. Please go to a therapist. Know that marriage is beautiful. 
know that wives speak respectful. I'm a sister, and I speak respectful to my husband. My husband's respectful to me, and yes, we have our disagreements because every couple does. Yes, we can even have our fights, but there's a way that we do it. So please get the skills how to create beauty and marriage, like Sean Bias, in your marriage, not tell her. And if you're emotionally triggered and you see your brother hurt, you're going to be hurt. And now to take it a step deeper, since we sometimes work with this in our center, do you know how many times we find out that these kids that are pushed over by their wives or married husbands or wives that are pushed over around by their husbands? It's because usually one of the parents or both of the parents were sometimes pushovers. And this child didn't learn during the younger years or the high school years how to defend themselves against people that are pushy. So now they're going to have to learn it. So if you're going to try to defend and fight for him, then you're continuing his lessons that he's not learning. You're continuing to hit, to harm him, that he's not learning how to defend himself. And we have an entire workshop, which we do once a year, which we just finished earlier, which is dealing with complicated people and with personality disorders. And it's, we say it's also for the family members to understand what's going on and to understand how to stay out of it and just give the chizuk. And the chizuk means get that child or that brother or sister, the healthy one, into therapy so they'll start realizing that they do have options, they do have choices. And there's nothing that a healthy one... Let's say I, don't, this. Um, I don't enjoy the words, there's nothing, there is. I just told you a lot to do. Learn okay. how to give them chizik and reaffirm that marriage is beautiful. And husbands and wives speak respectfully to each other. And, and know that there is a way for you to learn how to get that. I can't teach it to you. I won't tell it to you. But there are those that do. Mm-hmm. And to make sure, if you'd like, that they're going to a top therapist. And if there's a top therapist in that field that needs money, yeah, how about the family get together and say, let me offer to pay some sessions, some of your sessions. I know people that go to certain now. There are those you could go to an agency you'll also gain. But sometimes they say, what can I help? Finances. Therapy, unfortunately, still today, or, or including today, it's still expensive. You can offer. Is there a top therapist you'd like to go to? Us, the family, we'll pay half the sessions. Mm-hmm. Does that, do you understand the difference of fighting for him or telling him fight? How, what will be that outcome? how you will be the blame and he won't learn the strength. It's like I've got clients coming to me telling me I have a depression. People don't, don't be depressed. I'm telling you I'm depressed. I know I don't want to be depressed. I'm not asking to be depressed. I want to be happy. But I have such problems I can't get out of it. Telling someone don't be weak without teaching them the skills is hurting them. You're doubly harming them. Rabnissa, what do you say to this? Yes, uh, we 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 discussed so many times of this issue, and uh, the, you, the one thing is very very important that uh, don't put yourself as the enemy of the the spouse of the uh, your brother you know the wife or something. This even a parent some some the, sometimes they want to help the kids and become the enemy, and you find yourself you losing from here and losing there, and it's terrible. I think that the best way is really to to direct your uh, brother to go to, uh, you know, some kind of chizuk uh, classes or how to deal with this. Because otherwise it would never happen, uh, never, uh, never uh, will help him. And beside this, I would say that his children learn the their wrong example, how to talk and how to, to be a, a, a human, I would say. Very, very important. 
very important to think about your nephew and nieces. Yeah, so now, if I can give a request to brothers and sisters and to parents, then this would be the request. When your children have a difficulty with a friend in school or something happening with a chavrusa, with a friend, a neighbor, with a brother and sister, don't, do not defend them. Discuss it with them. How can we get you strong? What else can we do? What else can we do to give you the inner peace, the inner strength, that you know how to defend yourself because you have a right to have your opinion? So let me ask you, what can you do, something like that? If you're hearing with your brother a story, you know what happened today? I went to the store. For an example, we were with a certain family members, and it was very cute how they were sharing with us that they were discussing with their children, ask. Don't be embarrassed to ask. Don't be afraid to ask. And they're sharing how they have an employee that works by them. And this person should be having a $10,000 raise minimum, but the person never asked for that. The minute they asked, they would get it. So we were just talking amongst the family, and I took one of the kids out somewhere, and there wasn't something in the stock in the store. I said, let's ask. And they said, oh, just like this guy said, if you don't ask, you won't know? Yep. So we got a store employee over, and they, there were three items we're looking at. Number one, do you have? No. Out of stock. Number two, do you have? Out of stock. Number three, yep, we even have three of those items. So sure enough, we got one of them. So you can show, you can demonstrate the, how asking helps you. So I wonder what would happen if you would share a story how someone was pushing you or someone was tough to you and how you're able to defend yourself and deal with yourself. You okay. can show, teach your children. Right. But you're not telling him, you're not getting involved. And why you're going for therapy is how to, and I don't mean therapy like you need a therapist, but I mean an outsider that understands to this, that won't tell you, yes, defend, yes, fight, because people don't know. They'll tell you, yeah, get involved, or say this, or don't say anything. No, sometimes not saying anything is wrong also. Your brother might feel all alone. To children, unfortunately, parents, we have that sometimes, where parents come to us and their children are in terrible marriages, and what they tell their son or their daughter is, you're now married to this person till 120. We see there's a lot of difficulties and a lot of problems going on. When you want our help, we are here for you financial, emotional. If you ever want to leave, we'll be here for you. But you need to take that first step. You need to say, Mommy, Tati, please help me, and then we'll get involved. Till then, we respect you, and we love you, and we will not say another word. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, what are you hearing? So now, if you can see your brother and your sister-in-law and realize, let's say it's that, or it's a first cousin, and you understand that Hashem is now giving your brother the lesson that he didn't learn yet, how to defend himself from a tough person. Now this is his lesson. You can't speed up someone else's process. You can't live life for someone else. You can't breathe for another person. Mm -hmm. So what are you hearing? What was your question, and what are you hearing from, your, from this reply now? My question was how it could help out the scuffle. Yes. And your answer is now. My answer is now to to sort of be there as a moral support and and um, hmm. <laughs> and be as a role model. 
with how I interact with others. But. Yes, and how you're not a pushover and how you could do it gently. But when we work on as, with clients how to be more assertive, you know what their fears are? The minute you tell them, okay, we'll teach you to be assertive. Oh, you want me to be as tough and as mean as that one? I go, wow, look at the extremes. Here you're a complete pushover, and the only image that you have is an extreme person that doesn't have any peace. Is there, do you think we can teach you a calmer middle ground, how to be assertive and easier? Well, definitely. That's right. So the question is, can you be that person? Just to keep a cool? Well, that's where you're going to get there to whatever it is. If it's keep it cool, if it's speaking to her, speaking to him. Right. I, I, would, I would like to add something that, you know, it's, it's, I hear in the voice a little bit hesitation, you know, and I, I, I would say that uh, try to practice before, you know, and what they say, Kamaim Lamaim can live Adam Ladam. You know, when you practice a positive, you know, positive approach and you don't be uh, kind of uh, attacking, or it will be different. And I think that if you practice, I know that it's very difficult to get, you know, a person that you dislike let's say this uh to talk nice or something like this try to be and practice with a smile with something that it will be helpful for you uh, and uh, for your brother yeah thank you so what are you hearing i should practice being positive and building positive relationships and hopefully from that someone's going to benefit besides for myself? Besides for? Besides for myself. I mean, my own my own relationships will benefit. But That's right. Now, let me well, ask you another that, question hopefully. along those lines. What would change when you would have the inner peace while you're speaking at this situation and seeing Hashem is running the show and your brother's got to learn this lesson? And you can speak to them understanding that this is your brother's lesson to learn. What would change in your life then? That I won't feel that's my pressure. That's right. And I won't feel personally involved in it. That's right. It'll still hurt you because it's a brother, it's a sister, it's a cousin, it's close. But the pain 10, where you're going to react from emotional pain, which will ruin, can ruin everything, they can shift the whole blame on you, could yeah. now just be from a more detached place where I care for you, I love you, I'll daven for you. But I will not get caught up into your battle. Right. And as the Gemara said, that uh, is is part in uh, Gan Eden is Muftach, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so see it as a positive side. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. And I feel bad for your pain because we work with that with a lot of people and it's very hard. But there's a certain manucha that comes once we can accept the process that Hashem knows exactly what He is doing how, what, where, and when. And our job is to just do the best that we can and to be a role model. Right. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. 
and we'll go to uh, Mrs. C. Mrs. C. Hi, you're on with Mordechai. Hello, it's me. Yes, welcome. I, I first want to thank you for your phone line. I really appreciate it. Listen to a lot. You're welcome. And I Such get many course. answers from questions that other people ask. I guess yeah. I can partially apply to myself or understanding other people or people in my family or people I deal with. Yes. So thank you for that. And I also want to thank you. I once took before, I called last year, it was two years ago, that I took the Stress to Inner Peace workshop. Yes. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. Could, could you share with some of the listeners, because I didn't set you up, uh-huh. so no, what would you all. say you gained do... from the workshop? Even one point, what's something you've It was gained? two main points, two things that I really, really, I was really an eye-opener. One yeah. was the one that you mentioned about um, seeing the difference between wants and needs, like separating them. That was very, very, yeah. very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. And the second one was like breaking the denial. It was like a real, real tough one, but it really, really Good. helped Which me denial did it break? In other words, there are I'm many discussions that we discuss about a lot of them are the societal pressures that we don't even realize we're under, how we make things must like what we discussed. But the perfectionist, one of the biggest points that we discuss is perfectionism. Oh, that really, really affects me a lot. And um, perfectionism usually is like what you mentioned, that it comes from like... Um, a certain unhealthiness, like you're not, you're not strong. Like you yeah, to... we're not going to get into that. Yeah, you know, we'll share. Yeah. Let's share that information. We teach you how to break the perfectionist trap. Perfectionist, contrary to what people think, means it's the opposite, that if someone is a perfectionist, then in their heart they are actually very weak yeah. because a strong person is comfortable, is safe. And unfortunately, people that are weak are the ones that are... They're trying to make everything perfect. That's right, make everything perfect. That's right. If it's not perfect, then they feel like a failure. But if someone has a healthy self-esteem, then they feel much calmer. Yeah, absolutely. I was laughing to myself. One of my daughter's teachers, like a little girl, preschooler, she told me she's such a cute little perfectionist. I was laughing to myself. That's not a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nature. It's like an inborn nature. Some people are very perfect, but it's to me, it's not a compliment anyway. Yes, same and, here. Same yeah. here. And what I also saw that a lot of the a lot of stresses that I thought I was stressed about one thing, and it really was something else. And yes. I say if I was thought like it was the child's behavior, but it was absolutely not the child's behavior. It was let's say a comment or something that I said wrong or something I did wrong, and it was totally not the not the think I was stressed about that I thought I was stressed about that part of the denial I, I go down to the core of it why am I really really in a bad that's mood? right we have those worksheets that help you find the core yeah. of what's the anxiety what's the stress how's it building up and yes, yes we have those worksheets we also have the other worksheets on the forgiveness worksheet then we have the worksheets of breaking go, getting stronger than you believe you are yes you are stronger than you than you think you are and how to tap into that strength and pull through yeah, but it was like something that I also saw like now before Pesach, like I'm really the type that was like this perfect and everything had to be done. But not everything was done, but I was so, so stressed if things were not 100% perfect. And I must say some things I really left out and locked them up <laughs> for Pesach, sold and Hamas, and I'll just have to, have to 
organize it after Pesach. It was like I was really proud of myself of that closet that, That's I, that right. I didn't do. That's right, and a large part of what we discuss in the stress to inner peace are the musts that we set ourselves up or that people tell us that they do, and I even call that lies. Rev. Nissen, do you know someone, because I have that person, that whatever they speak in my filter, it says lie, 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 making it up, it's not true, it's not true. <laughs> they talk about what they're going to do and they talk about what they did. I prob- I know whatever they said did not happen. Yeah, but, but it triggers they do so do. many people. Not, yeah, but sometimes people do a lot, but it's so full of stress. I can relate it to myself. That's right. Oh, I'm talking about those a- that don't even do. And they don't even do right. But some people do, and they stay up so late, and they're like, stressed and and. And don't have like don't have the strength to take to do other things like to mm-hmm. be calm with their kids and calm like and be That's like right. a mother That's and right. a, I and just want to remind people if they still want to sign up because we still have another week to sign up but to get the introductory price of twenty dollars off per person, the number is two zero one six nine one seven six two six two zero one six nine one seven six two six. I'm so glad to hear that a year later, Pesach time. You're able yes. to still use the information, but to me, it changed it's my life. It's not information. It it, it changed uh, like a, a, I can see a small part of it because there's so much to work on, but really a big part. And I could sometimes talk to my husband, and I'm so nervous and I'm so stressed. So what is he asking me? Like, what is really the problem? So now I don't have. A, I can easily That's get right. to now like you can one. get to the core. Yeah, yeah. This and it really is this and this is bothering me. It's not this this act or this stupid thing that happened it's not stupid like but it's not this that happened something else that i'm stressed about and i'm i'm anxious about or whatever but and we laugh like uh, <laughs> and we go on <laughs> hopefully yeah beautiful Anyways, i really appreciate that <laughs> i hope to take it again in the future not this year maybe the whenever whenever yeah. you would like with pleasure so my question today is, I have my child with a play therapist, and um, he is working with him like for a few months already. And I was like uh, talking and discussing like his progress, and I I told him I see that the kid has a lot of like is is a little anxious, and I think it's affecting affecting him like it's affecting his, his, his him growing. So he mentioned like a, a therapy. If he wants to do a, if I want, he could do a session of biopsychotherapy. And I, I, I didn't get it right. Like how he explained what it is. Like he tried to explain it to me. So tell me one more time. What is his issue? I just want to see what they're doing. I can explain a little bit what biotherapy is. His, um, it's, and, can, and it's very I can nice. Really it's just... relate to myself because I really suffer from like it's a family. It's, it's a family issue. The anxiety. But mm-hmm. um, which I'm also trying to like to work on, like not. And, um, so let me share, share with you a little an idea. Maybe this will help shed a little light. Yeah. Baruch Hashem, due to modern technology, I haven't seen it yet in the from therapy centers or even in our center. We don't use it. It's pretty simple. It's a very simple technique, not even that expensive. But it's it's quite interesting how it works, and that means you just have a computer screen, you hold on a handle, and most of the time you hold very tight, and then you just hear the voice of a guided relaxation, find yourself relaxing and let go, and things are easier, and then you can see on the screen how like your pressure gets calmer and calmer and calmer, and mm-hmm. as your muscles relax, your mind relaxes. So what biofeedback is, is when your biology, when you can get feedback from your biology and notice how it's improving, then your mind can learn to get control to do it when you're not holding on to that. 
So many times they'll give you this tool, or you could hook it up to a house computer or whatever it is, a screen, and then you can practice it once or twice a day. So for an example, there was a machine that cost $700 about 10 years ago. I was thinking about opening up more center instead of doing the way I've gone, go into ADHD world. And I liked it. There's sort of a helmet that you wore and had sensors. And it could pick up when your mind looks at other places or when you're staying focused. So for kids, it's sort of like a picture of an eagle flying in the middle of the screen. And when your mind looks away, then the eagle starts dropping. And then when you look back, you're focusing. It's able to pick senses like the muscles in your brain, like where you're looking, the eyes go certain ways. So when you're looking straight and direct and you're focused, you're paying attention, it can pick it up from those sensors on your head and keep you focused. So what happens is you train the kid that's ADHD looking all over and getting distracted to stay focused. It wasn't that simple, and that's why people don't use it that much, but the concept was there. And even if it worked 50%, I thought I would do that. But at the end, I didn't go down that path. But that's the path that I was looking into biofeedback. Then there's something called neurofeedback, which is more what we're discussing now, like the senses on the brain, which you could see the brain waves. Imagine you could see your tense. Imagine you're nervous. And all of a sudden, you could see on a screen from 1 to a 10, you're a 10. The minute you do that, oh, i got to calm down. Hold on. <laughs> so now you're going to relax yourself. And then you can put yourself down to a 5, and automatically you'll think differently. So the beauty of bio and neurofeedback is that you get feedback, and you can't be in denial because the machine is talking. So many times when people are nervous, I'm really not nervous, or I'm only nervous because of this, but it's not affecting me. The minute you see the numbers at a certain level, then you go, okay, now i got to use the techniques and the tools to calm down. But the only point that you use it for is, A, as an indicator, and B, to teach people how to let go that can't let go. So why did he mention that it's like a, it, it relaxes central nervous system? I don't know what machine. You just used words. You use biofeedback. Biopsychotherapy. I but I don't know. I've never heard those words, biopsychotherapy. They, what it means is you're using some biological components, some some. some Bio you know, I don't want to say I don't know what biopsychotherapy um, is. I know biofeedback, and that's where you use it in the therapy the language. I don't know what that. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. When he explained that, it, it says like it has to do like through a parent. So he do it. He would do it through my husband, and it would put him to sleep. He does it like through an adult, like through the through a parent. He works on a parent, and and it like automatically goes over like to the. Kid, there is like, no yeah. licensed therapist modality that does that. There's it's a lot like a of alternatives. Uh, so it sounded to me more like, like a hypnosis, like a hypnosis type of thing. Hypno Let me explain to you something about the classical I world right now. I cannot eat for you. The day I can eat lunch for you, you'll be very happy, and the other person, you know, might not or might yes. Therapy is on the person themselves. It sounded more like an energy therapy. type of therapy, like alternative. Uh -huh. alternative therapy believes yeah, in working yeah, yeah. on other people. And I'm not saying it doesn't work, but you still need to know it is. When people use fancy worlds of biopsychotherapy, yeah, if I this guy's not a licensed therapist, he's not he allowed he's to use those words. A, um, social worker doing play therapy, like, like a top-top play therapist. He's a supervisor for other social workers working with kids. Then what I would ask you to go is I would even appreciate it if you can please call me up next week, share with me the exact system and modality, or if you'd like, you can text me to 212-920-5719. We get 
about 50 to 100 messages, please say I'm the caller and this is the method of therapy and I'll do a little research and see what that is. But I've never heard of a therapy modality that you work on the parents and that works on the kids. I've seen where you educate the parents and that education now they will act differently and do things differently. That, yes. Yeah, that's workshops that he does, yeah. But I have never seen I yeah. work on the parents and the kid gets healed. That's alternative therapy where they say it these things. To me, I, I also thought of that, what it was, like what, the way you explained it, but I should really go down and talk to him like on one and one while the child is there with you together in a session. We can talk about it. So, mm-hmm. okay. Is it possible that uh, yeah, uh, together with the parents and this... Yes, together uh, with the, the parents. B- bio-environment uh, that's, that is going to, you know to release the pressure from the environment around it because the kids may be as, as kind of uh, stress from the parents. And um, it... I don't think so because he said he was going to work on my husband and I'm, typically I'm more the, the, the anxious type. Like, the so yeah, but maybe he needs to, to work on your husband to... how to be more assertive exactly. or calming down the environment. That's the job of the man. Exactly. Um, to bring uh... them together that to re- to release the diff- diffusion between them, you know, to release the the pressure. Then it could be that your son is is a little bit scared, or I, I, I don't know what what the situation. But he he want to bring together the the father and son to try to release the pressure between them. Between them, yeah. I don't know. Right. I don't know. We Again, I just know. we we, we guess. No, no. He said, "Yeah, I can do it. I can do it on you also." But it's more like um, for like very from like. Um, he wouldn't want to. He would rather work on the on the like on a, on, a, on a man than on a woman, like to work on it. I'm guessing, just that's yeah. sort of the. I I would love to know yeah. the method. There's something called biopsychosocial. Yes. That's what every therapist does, but that's our intake. That's where we do a biological, what's going on with the biology of the person, is something wrong? Psychology is a mm-hmm. diagnosis and social, what's going on in the social, but that's not therapy. No, that's no, an assessment. No. The minute he said, like, the, he's going to fall asleep, I want you to be in the room, and the son should be in the room, your husband's going like, to fall asleep. It, was like, it sounds like more like hypnosis than um, uh, therapeutic method. That could be called a progressive relaxation. There you could do it, where you relax a person, and you watch the stress and what they're holding calm down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But again, find out the exact method. If this guy is a licensed therapist and he does modalities, go ahead. Send me the name during the week and we can look into it. I'd love to answer it or even, you know, see if I can shed some light on it. Uh Okay. (laughs) Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. For those who like to call, the number is 718-683-5858. We'll go to Mrs. M. Mrs. M. Hi, you're on the air with Mordechai and Nissen. Good evening. Thank you for taking my call. Our pleasure. Uh, first of all, thank you for all that you do for Klal Yisrael and for everybody that's listening, because this is a very unbelievable chizik, this line, that gives you give chizik to a lot of people that would normally not call a station are calling a station anyway. The beginning of the hour, you were talking about people being, you and Rav Nisan were speaking about people being 
in general, more kind to people and more, so to speak, more gratitude towards people. And I deal with in the healthcare field, and I have the opportunity to work with different communities, if you know what I mean. It, uh, mm-hmm. All the communities that I'm working with are not always Jewish, so to speak. And I see if I come in in the morning and there are staff members that are not always to our community, and I will say something nice to them, they will behave a little bit more different towards me than they would if I wouldn't have said something more positive towards them. Good. What would you like to share with everyone? I would like to share with with everybody that being positive is contagious. Being negative, yeah. people try to shun you out if you're going to be negative. That's what I'm trying to bring out the point. Beautiful. And Thank you. Positivity goes a very, very, very long way. Negativity will just bring. And if sometimes people have nothing to say, for instance, Lower Lane, we should never know about this, but people do pass away. And if you have nothing to say to the Avelim, shake your head and you say to them, don't ask how did the person die, how did whatever. It's not a comfortable position for people to be put into. If you if you don't you don't ask these questions of the loved ones because, unfortunately, yesterday I had to attend the funeral of of a loved one yesterday, and there were people that 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 came over to me. How did the maze die? I'm not going to ask you these questions. It's, yeah. I mean, people need but to I want to thank you. I so appreciate your awareness. Thank you for that. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. People, people so I'd like to thank you for your call. Your awareness is fantastic. And have a wonderful evening. Really, really appreciate it. You've gotten the Amen. message so Amen. clear. You thank also. you. Bye-bye. I just yeah, remind the numbers, uh, 718. Yep. Seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. I remember the high. We have a one text that really I want to to that you can please use go it. ahead. Um, about the, uh, I send you this. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, thanks for everything. I grew up with difficult parents. You see this text that I sent? Uh, I'm give... looking it up right now. I'm just going back. Here, um, yes, thanks for everything. I grew up with difficult parents. They gave me love, but I couldn't feel anything. Now that I have a first baby a few months old, I don't know if I'm giving him the right way of love. I told him not a lot. Oh, I hold him not a lot. When he cries, I give him a pacifier toys. But when I hold him and I kiss him, I tell him I love you. I don't know if it's enough now to do it the right way. I'm the entire day anxious that I should hold him more. It's really hard caring for him. I don't have emotional energy. My family always comments me about it, or my or my imagination just exaggerates. And I have a complex when I'm in public. I'm still struggling with meds is good for me. And I see a therapist biweekly. 
that probably because of finances, that means every other week. Please discuss on the radio program. I wouldn't, but because you picked Irvness, and we will. I'd like to start with the first sentence as we start addressing. Thank you for everything. I grew up with difficult parents. They gave me love. I am going to be a little bit blunt, Irvness, and say no, they did not. They might have loved you, but they didn't give you love. Yes. Because the way you can't accept love, the way you can't give to your child, even hug your child, you'd rather give them toys and pacifiers, but you won't hold him a lot, tells me that there's a lot that was missing. See, I agree with you 100%. Your parents loved you with all their heart, but they did not know how to give you love. They did not know how to give it in a way that you can accept it. Because the olive base of the attachment theory is in our subconscious. When we receive something, we will be able to give it further. Unfortunately, if people were given anger, criticism, tension, subconsciously to the system, and when they're stressed or tense or attacked or fear, they're going to react with what was given to them, with stress, with criticism, with cynicism. And when someone was given love, caring, it's in their system that they can do that. Rabnissa, what do you say to that before we go further? 100%. You know, this, it's, uh, <laughs> that's why I cho choose this uh, text because I think that's very important to all of us, you know, especially young mothers, young fathers, to realize what the situation there. Unfortunately, we see so many, so many times that uh, parents don't know how to give love and to show and express. And you don't have to... to talk and say I love you I love, you know this is this is meaningless if the act is doesn't reflect it you know if you really mean it you know if you if you argue you know I, I don't see myself I cannot I feel myself if I don't take my my, my baby holding him and going to kiss him and say I love you and I, I you know just whisper in his ears smart you I love you you're such a nice boy you know it is something that it's coming from inside and reflect to the baby to the to the child to the you know to the adults we all need love that's right the, the question like this the question is also what the relationship between you and your husband is that's it right a very big question that's right let's continue the next part of that letter as we're going to take it one bit at a time now that I have a first baby a few months old, I don't know if I'm giving him the right way of love. Here is again, if you're claiming your parents might be difficult people, but they're giving you so much love, then that's what you do. You ask your parents. How much do you need to hold a kid? That's where parents give you chinuch. That shim is your first child, the first two, three children. You're asking the parents every step of the way, and then you already build up your experience. And you start feeling more confident when you're having the children and you're not having the parents. That's the role of parents. Where first more involved the younger you are, the more new the role is. And then we get you more at ease and comfortable. So now when you're saying you don't know when to hold them, when to kiss them, it tells me that literally the basics of trusting yourself, of self-esteem, I hear you were raised with a lot of criticism. I hear there was a lot of comparing. I hear you, whatever you did, you were told, wasn't done the correct way, not only criticizing about certain stuff, but about you personally. And now you're in complete doubt. What do you do as a mother? 
Now, I got some news for you. You're supposed to have these doubts. That's why you're supposed to have a mother for the first two, three years. That's where they guide you. And if you don't have a mother, for someone that's a Yasima or someone that's a Yasim, so you have those stepmothers or stepfathers. It means you have an uncle, an aunt, a grandparent, someone that you can speak to and you can ask. I know someone very well that, unfortunately, his, um, his biological, his father and his mother are not well, but his in-laws are so healthy, and he uses his in-laws as his parents. So we all will create that. We'll tell this is normal, this is not. By you saying you still have this doubt, just telling me there's still a void that you were never able to get. Now when you're saying you're not sure if you're doing things right, you're anxious the whole day, this is exactly what people feel when you don't have that secure figure, that parent figure. That's why parents are so important. Ramnissa, what do you say? Yeah, but, but you know what? Sometimes if you feel that your parents cannot help you on this, maybe your in-laws, maybe your husband, this is something that maybe your, your neighbor with another baby, you know, just trying to, 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 you know, you don't have to show the weakness, but, you know, try to bring yourself and see, imitate other people that you can, you can see that they, they it's a reflect. I think that people can... You can feel the difference between just giving the passy and giving the baby uh, just a toy to play, or you know, today uh, the the cheap ba- babysitter is the the iPad, and g- uh, giving it something that you maybe you see around yourself. You know, I, I would say that to try and maybe and and definitely a parenthood uh, workshop. Yes, and now I'll go to the last part of that message, where the last part of the message is saying that she struggles with medication. I don't know. Let's read this exact words. I'm still struggling what meds is good for me. I don't know if that means that they're going to a psychiatrist to get medication. They tried and one wasn't good and they're trying another one. Or sometimes people send me such a message as struggling what med is good for them. Like they want to be the doctor. Right? Tell me what's going. Why is medication good for me? And to someone like this, I won't diagnose, but I'll definitely say medication should be a strong consideration. And let the psychiatrist decide whatever they su- su- prescribe is going to be good for you. Now, if it's not, you will tell, and then they will change it. And now to the last part, which is please, Rabbi Shlelem, we're now living in, in this wonderful age in a Medina of Chesed where this amazing country pays for therapy for you. What are you saying? You only go every other week because of finances? There are agencies from from agencies that will take you for free or on a sliding scale, and they take they have to take every single insurance out there. Legally, they're mandated. There's no reason that you're not going to a therapist twice a week, and you will be approved based on the necessity of what you're writing. In those agencies, you will be approved twice a week. So please don't let finances be a reason that you're not getting help that you need. Please get it. And don't be ashamed about it. You know, just go go and take the help. That's right. And maybe also participate the husband about it. I think that... Definitely, yes. Talk with the husband. Talk, talk with him. See what he has to say about it. How we feel about it. It's very important, you know. It, it's And see what, uh, what is the... Uh, this is my, my, my main question is what the relationship between you and your husband. That's right. And sometimes it's a reflect on the baby. Sometimes, it, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, definitely. 
And what I would sort of say to this is that keep on growing, keep on believing. You can get out of this. Yes, you can. Stress, anxiety. You see, to you, I would not recommend to take my workshop. Why won't I recommend you to take the workshop? Because I feel you need therapy. And I tell everyone, if you're in therapy, this workshop can help speed up your therapy process because there's so much information that the therapist can share, all the background information. When you work one-on-one, but that works amazing, this workshop will speed up your therapy process. You want the skills and the tools how to get out of stress or you're having the low levels of anxiety, that will help you. But when someone needs therapy, go to therapy, and then you can sign up to this workshop. But please do not take this workshop and think you're going to therapy. We might have all the skills and tools, but you still need the one-on-one of guidance, someone doing the process with you. And that's not a workshop. That's not a teleconference workshop where it's detailed and tailor-made for you. And the number, if someone would like to call up, we can take one more caller if you'd like, and that's 718-683-5858, Another text uh, in the meantime, uh, if we can get... Uh, uh, sure. Okay, one second, I got no response. Uh, first of all about, uh, let me just text you the other, the long, one second. What is this? Okay. The response. Well, we're doing okay, that. The okay. first one, the person said about they can't wait for the stress to inner peace workshop. I can't wait for the stress. I've been waiting for all year. Yeah, my question is my daughter is sensory. She likes fuzzy clothing. Could you please create an awareness of the benefits of therapy? So much grateful. And that is where we explain many times what the concept, what therapy, what um, sensory is, that the their radar of what they feel is either way too sensitive, so therefore they like soft clothing, or sometimes children can have under sensory. It means it's not working that well. They need to rough and tough up to feel it. And sometimes these kids could be fighting because they're touching people. They're in their space. You know, like there's a normal space between people, and we feel like the other person, oh, we're too close. But if someone's sensory radar is on the lower low and they need to be closer to the other person till it turns on till they feel they're close to someone but the other person will feel that it's an invasion of my privacy you're getting too close and that is what sensory that is what therapy will help when it comes to sensory here i'll send the message that you just said i'm going to a psychiatrist nothing helps yet the way i want to feel i have a great relationship with my husband he helps me a lot Okay, great. And this actually, is I look at this message, I see it as a positive, and I see it as a negative as well. So let's start this way. You go to psychiatrist, nothing helps, yet the way you want to feel. Um, I've seen, I know a client where the psychiatrist told them, you're having a very not healthy expectation of what therapy or what the medication is going to do, and it's not going to work. So that will be my question to you. Are you having an unhealthy expectation with what you're expecting? So are you expecting it to disappear? means are you expecting to have some negative thoughts? Or you're going to be in certain negative environments or not sleep as much, which all this we discussed in the workshop, and then you're still going to be positive. Well, it doesn't work that way. Medication is not a numbing system. It's not a happy pill. It doesn't do that. It just gives your brain the gas that it needs. But imagine you're driving on a bumpy road and you're putting in the best gas. You go, why isn't my engine smooth? Well, you're on a bumpy road. Change roads. 
So let's first get that clear. I'm going to psychiatrist. Nothing helps it the way I want to feel. We need to see is there a therapy involved needed to be involved. Ace. Next one, I have a great husband. I have a great relationship with my husband. He helps me a lot. I wonder if maybe it's not so good that your husband is helping you so much. And maybe it's time for you to be harder on yourself or be more overwhelmed so you'll have to make different changes. So, again, it could be wonderful that your husband helps you, and that's fantastic, or it could be the other way around. You're still allowing yourself to be perfectionist, and he's enabling you. And, again, perfectionist is the core theme that we use in our workshop. We have you be aware of issues that are underlying cause that you're not aware of, stresses that's going around that you're not aware of. We'll teach you how to tune into your body and into your mind and to recognize them. And having someone help you is unfortunately something we call enabling, which is wrong, which will keep you stuck. Uh, yeah. Yes, I, I think that uh, you, you touched the, the right point about it. You know, this is the response to the, the lady. And I think that, uh, you know, that expectation is, it's, it seems like very unrealistic. You know, sometimes what, 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 what she's expecting to see suddenly, she's uh, overwhelmed with, with a baby and uh, something that I, I, I think that this is the ma major problem. To see that it's step by step build, you know, and I, I don't, I think that uh, even even medicine, it, 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 it's not working on this issue. That's right. There are some people who have an expectation that if I treat my kids completely well and good, then they will never cry. No, kids will cry. That is what we do. We create in the workshop. If you've got children at home, your house is going to be a mess. If you're bringing in Parnassa, you're going to be in this generation practically your money is always going to be running out. Of course, if you're making beautiful panels, but the expectation, the first five years of work, stop expecting yourself to be at wherever it is. And that's a big problem of today's generation where the people are starting to work or they're not going to work because I have to make right away X amount of money. Yes. And this was the, we started this the program, this show with this uh, concept, you know, that people that's just... Right. Expecting so much and what they need, live their life, you know, be, be simple. I would say simple. Live, yes. live simple. Enjoy what you have. Enjoy this and start loving what you have around yourself. Look at your baby. Yes. Look at your baby. Look at your husband. What great, you know, and feel it inside. And then it's, it's easy to say, but it's working. Okay. Yes, yeah, so I'd like to thank everyone that called up this week's program and thanks for the questions and the comments and the texts. And we daven that we will have and we will continue. And for everyone that has signed up to the workshop, those that are talking about the workshop, we always appreciate it. And it's such a host to be able to do this. And for those that like to sign up, the number is 201 691 7626. I think it's very important. 201 I repeat the and number again because I will interfere you with you, okay? Sure, no problem. Yeah. 691, sorry, so it's 201-691-7626. And I appreciate how the person responded. Thank you for answering my question. May you, Arab Nissen, have much bracha and hatzlacha. Baruch Hashem. As me and Arab Nissen were discussing just before the program that we're recognizing just the fact that we bach Hashem have great shalom bias. Just the fact we have healthy children, 
we were just discussing ahead of time how appreciative and how thankful we are of Hashem for everything He's given us. And that's such a whole new league that we're thankful for. Uh, one more text, just... Uh, Go ahead. And, and other, no, that's just uh, for information. I'm just sending it. This is some uh, question about where I can find organization to pay. Uh, I... Again, I don't know. Uh, let's try differently. I don't know it's where you can find organizations to pay. Just find out um, centers. So let's take, for example, if you're in Brooklyn and Borough Park, there are several places. There is OHEL. There is JBFC, Jewish Board of Family Services. They've got three or four locations. They have in Flatbush. They have, they have two locations in Flatbush, one in Borough Park. If you're in Williamsburg, you have Pesach Tikva, and Pesach Tikva also has a branch in Borough Park as well. I don't make any money off any of these organizations. I can tell you that. I, I, I'm not affiliated with them, but these are places that they will accept every organization, every insurance that you have. These are government-funded. means recognize the U.S. government is paying for it. It's not no one. The therapists get paid. Someone has to pay for the building, for the electricity to be on, for it to be clean. And there might be a copay, but the, it's paid for. It's covered. The, uh, the, the question if this uh, ever like uh, I don't know if they can call call for example oil and I don't know and they will refer or we have like organizations that refer this some places yes and those organizations are called relief yeah relief oh the Re- relief 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 organization again I make no money off them and I can tell you the number it's seven one eight four three one nine five zero one seven one eight four three one nine five zero one. Nine five zero one and yeah and they they and will free as well. This they're is the, free. They, they will give you any any let's say Lakewood or any other yeah, numbers. they've got well they've got a place for example. I just went on their website. They have in New York, New Jersey, upstate New York, Baltimore, California, Israel, England, and Canada. Wow. Okay. So I I'm going to text this number to the to the person. Yeah. The number is seven one eight four three one nine five zero one, and they can send you to agencies. They know therapists and agencies. And they ask you usually what insurance you have. If you don't have any insurance, and they'll tell you which agencies to go to. But you can be in therapy, and there are great therapists in these agencies. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you all. Thank you very and much. And have a wonderful evening. And good night. Thank you very much. Good night. Thank you.